0: die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become glorious. No, I won't give in, I won't give in, till I'm victorious. And I will defend, I will defend. That's not true. That's impossible. Search for feelings. who you know it to be true. No!
1: no! What are you doing? Getting a life. Hello everyone and welcome to the One Up Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for leveling up in the world of popular culture. My name is Trent, and with me is my co-pilot Jarf. Hey
0: you guys, welcome back. Uh, today we've got our third episode of our Firefly series, which brings us halfway through our review of the Firefly series.
1: Today we'll be going over Out of Gas, Aerial, and War Stories. So without further ado, episode number eight, Out of Gas. After Serenity suffers a catastrophe that leaves her crew with only hours of oxygen, flashbacks show how Mal and Zoe acquired Serenity and assembled their motley crew. Drama ensues on three separate timelines in this one. For
0: me, I kind of saw these three timelines as being the present, the past, and kind of like an origin story for each of the characters, as to how all of the ones we don't currently know how they got on the ship came
1: onto the ship. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like for me, my perception of it was actually a little bit different. I, I agree that the origin story, my present is the first part we see is where Mal is kind of more or less dying on this ship Uh, you see that as the present one Yeah for
0: me that that was the present like that's what's currently happening and the rest of the other two timelines are both kind of flashbacks to how he ended up in that situation and then yeah how everyone bar Simon, River and Book got on the ship.
1: It's it's sort of an interesting comparison there my perception of what the present was in this particular episode is it's not that first scene I sort of see that as like a near future aspect of it sort of looking into the future whereas the present for me is where they spend the bulk of the initial period so after that we sort of get the theme music playing and we get a little bit of the past, and then sort of they spend that bulk establishing how they get there. I sort of saw that as the present, yeah. Well,
0: definitely the majority of this episode is spent in what you were saying, the present timeline. This is going to get quite confusing for yeah, us. I
1: feel like we need to establish like a clear cut, uh, which one's which, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I think it'll become quite clear as we speak about each one, yeah. but
1: we'll, we'll specify when we get to them, yeah. If it's easy, probably just go chronology, so timeline one, timeline two, two timeline three. We should be able to work with that, and hopefully, we don't lose you along the way. Uh, well, I mean, I'll probably get Not you, coming. I meant
0: the I meant the listeners.
1: Oh, oh, oh yeah. You're supposed li- to know what we're doing. We have listeners, don't
0: we? Well, I pretend. Hey, one person told me they listened, so. there's one you're person. You're talking to the mirror? Shh. So, the first scene of this episode, we see Mao lying on the floor of his uh, cargo bay, which kind of has a, a grated floor of, on it, for those of you who haven't seen the series.
1: Uh, and, and you're we- in episode three of this. Come on, guys. Pick yeah, your see, game see, up. Can you just
0: watch some of the damn... Like, we're not going to tell you all of it, you should probably watch the series.
1: As good as this podcast may be, and I'm probably... We interested. think we're great. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Firefly's better. Much better. Yeah. Which we should be getting into. So in this first scene, we
0: see Mao lying on that cargo bay. Kind of get a bit of a streak of light going across his face. And uh, this is where we slip over into what I was calling... I think we can both pretty much sit on this was the origin yeah. uh, timeline.
1: Yeah. Timeline number one.
0: And uh, this is where we see Mal and Zoe Entering Firefly For the first time uh, Zoe's seeing Firefly And uh, yeah We kind of see her disapproval And uh, and he talks about it And he says Oh, it just needs a little bit of love A little bit of elbow grease You know, this is the kind of ship that you can see you, know, you live your life on you die on it she goes only because it's a death trap yeah. a little bit
1: of foreshadowing there because Ooh. Ooh, uh yeah
0: seconds before we saw mal dying on said ship
1: and then really i guess timeline number two which i see is the present you see is the past yeah um it's all about kind of leading into why mal's like that when the timelines end up converging more or less in that sort of section and yeah the story becomes well how did mal end up nearly dying and why does serenity look more or less dead. Yeah. And we find out, and this is just an example of sort of Joss Whedon's storytelling here, and I'm not sure how far in advance this was actually planned or not, but if you recall back to the very first episode, the pilot, Serenity, again, very confusing, not the movie, the first episode, Kaylee's complaining that they need a new part, and that particular part is the... Uh, where have I got that written? So be It's able to the catalyzer. It. Thank you, the catalyzer on the port compression coil. Yeah. Uh, she's complaining that that needs to be fixed. And then it's referenced again in Train Stories that... It's not much of a part until you don't have it. Well, what happens in this episode, out of gas, that part fails. Yeah. So yeah. we've got this brilliant little sort of foreshadowing, long-term f- uh, storytelling from Joss Whedon, where, you know, Kaylee's constantly bugging Mal, need this part, I need this part, if it breaks down, we're going to be in trouble. And voila, the part breaks down and a fire breaks out and causes yeah. a whole mess and, of trouble uh, for the crew.
0: Go over into the scene and everyone's laughing at a, a shepherd book story from, the, from back in the, uh, the monastery. Everyone's kind of laughing around, and then they tells you, know, Simon, why don't you tell us a story from your uh, your doctor days? You know, you must have some funny. And he starts to tell a story, and Jane kind of cuts him off, and Kaylee goes off to do the dishes, and then she comes back with a cake, yeah. and we find out that it's uh, Simon's birthday, and Simon's like, well, the only person on the ship that could know is River, and she didn't tell anyone. And bust um, out
1: another brilliant line there. Yeah. I, I can't remember this one off the top well, of my head. Well, I, I
0: can't remember it off the top of my head, but he, he references that a, a fresh new order came through from the Alliance uh, and it had right there in nice print, Simon's birthday. Uh, so they knew that, yeah, today was was his birthday. And uh, yeah, during this birthday dinner, we kind of have a bit of a rumbling in the of the ship and no one quite knows what's going on. And uh, and then we, we see a little bit of a flash of River's psychic abilities again. Um, obviously, we've got Simon sitting there with a cake in front of him, candles, and uh, she says, fire, and Simon kind of turns to her and says, like, oh, yeah, sorry, and he turns and he goes to blow out the candles and a little bit, nice little bit of cinematography as well. As he blows the candles out, a massive bit of fire, like just a spiral of fire comes fly, flashing down, uh, down the corridor. And it injures uh, Zoe. Zoe gets injured during this little exchange.
1: It gets injured by saving Callie basically, because she's sort of running to check what's going on and then you sort of see the fire running and she kind of gets uh, frozen in fear. Um,
0: Zoe does her I'm a war hero thing and dives in. Um, And then Simon tries to save her, um, but can't because they've had to uh, shut off all the doors so he can't get to his medical supplies. So Zoe's... Not in a good way at the moment.
1: Yeah, it sets up a couple of sort of interesting little bits, but before we go any further on that, I do just want to mention also one of the things I love about this episode, uh, and it's very typical Firefly in that respect, is we really get some brilliant character building as the the crew is a family. Because um, there's been a lot of tension building and we've got a few new members You know, have joined the team since the, the pilot, basically. This episode really gets to showcase how far they've sort of come together. They're all laughing, they're you know, jovial, sharing stories. They really feel like a family. Comrades, on that there's ship. a lot of camaraderie in yeah, that, for in that probably scene. Yeah, more so than any other time previous in this series at that point. And then, of course, it gets undercut, unfortunately, by what happens. It does such a great job because this is a pretty down episode. Like, you know, it's not a whole lot of positivity going through. But these first few minutes, you really get that and almost kind of builds you up as, like, oh, it's going to be a fun episode until, you know. Drama oh shooting. really? Yeah. So
0: you saw Mal dying in the cargo bay. and are like, this is gonna be such a fun episode. I just, I can't wait to see how he ends up dying.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, some of those conflicts that you were just speaking of uh, actually occur due to Zoe's newfound injury. In that, Wash doesn't want to leave her side. When they, when they do finally get to the the medical bay after flushing the uh, fire tornado out the uh, out the cargo bay so we see a little bit of the animosity between Wash and Mal as Mal's telling Wash we, we can't do this we all need to be together on this you need to go up to the cockpit you need to do your job basically you need to get us moving again and Wash takes quite a bit of offense to this and says like no captain I'm, I'm not and Mal's like I don't know if you noticed you know things are pretty bad right now Wash and Wash is like Zoe is quite heavily injured here I'm aware of how serious things are at the moment until you know, Mal has to pee him against the wall and really get in his face about, like, get to your post, I wasn't asking, I was telling.
1: And, and this is great because you get this example where both sides of the story, I think, you know, most people can see both sides. Like, if if you were the husband here, seeing your wife, you know, knocked out on the verge of death, potentially, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you don't want to leave her side. You want to be looking after her. But at the same time, Mal is the captain of the pragmatism. Judy. He has, he has yeah.
0: to take care of the ship. He needs to get this ship moving again. He's got everyone's lives. Mm. And it's, it's, so they both
1: have got quite a, a good point here. Yeah, it's just great character building. Conflicting. And it's sort of sets up some future conflict down the track. Not necessarily sets up, but it alludes to something that might go on in an episode, a couple of episodes down the track. Um, they, they sort of patch up pretty quickly. Um, and we do kind of get that sorrow from both sides As the, as the uh, severity of the situation is kind of going on They both kind of make amends pretty quickly after that But it is great kind of seeing you know, This is one of those relationships that While it's close I mean, we were talking before recording this Wash is probably Mount's closest Mal male friend yeah. On the ship But there is a bit of conflict They don't necessarily always see the eye, eye to eye And it's good to see that develop a bit before it really becomes the main plot line, as it does in one of the later episodes. Sort of looking back at the past, because as we sort of mentioned, this episode jumps between these three timelines. And what is great is this really begins to develop the characters. We've had a few episodes now to get to know these characters, but sort of seeing why they're on the ship in the first place, what maybe encouraged them to do so, we sort of get a good look at how Wash, Kaylee and Jane sort of join this crew. All of them are sort of, they're fun little anecdotes. Uh, they sort of give you a bit of an insight into character. I think my favourite's actually James, but we'll, yeah, we'll sort of yeah. go through all three of them. It we'll starts off with Wash, who it makes sense he's the pilot. They need a pilot to fly this ship, and he's been recommended to Mao by quite a few people. Mao's keen to have him on I just, board. I just want
0: to correct, uh, Wash isn't actually the first member that they get for this, sh- for this ship. The first member they get is an engineer, actually.
1: Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they already have an, an engineer true, at this yeah. point.
0: Um, which we will get to in a point. The reason that Trent is uh, moved up past that guy is because he's really not important. Mm -hmm. Um, Wash is. Wash is important. Well, he's
1: important because he leads to one of our favourite members being on the ship. But uh, That's neither here nor there just yet. Um, But yeah, Mao kind of likes Wash, but uh, Zoe's the one who's kind of like, no, captain.
0: Yeah, there's something that she doesn't quite like about him. And, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a fan joke that it's just the mustache. Because during this, he it's has a mustache. mustache. It is a horrid mustache. Yeah. Um, which we don't see through the rest of the series. Thanks, and it's kind bro. of like a, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Fox. Uh, if, if you had anything to do with that, we'll legitimately thank you for something. I, but, I feel
1: like Fox would have made him keep the. Yeah,
0: they probably yeah. would have. Yeah. They would have been like, we're going to cancel you, but we're going to have an hour show of just you and a mustache, mm. not the rest of the program. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Cause Alan we, and the Mo.
1: Alan and the Mo. Sorry. We can um, cut that, can't yeah, we? Yeah, we can totally cut yeah. that. I'm not cutting that. I, I do love how it kind of starts with Zoe sort of being that no, Yeah, like she it. doesn't
0: like him. And Mal's kind of like, this guy has a list as long as my arm of references mm-hmm. from different people and why he's a good... And it's kind of funny because at this current timeline, as you were calling it, the timeline 2, it's kind of flips a little bit, you know. Yeah. Zoe's in love with Wash and at the moment... Wash and Mal are kind of at each other's throats and Mal's like, I, I don't like you. Go do your yeah. job.
1: It's it, just a great little bit of juxtaposition and yeah, sort of seeing that initial kind of... Knowing where they come from, seeing Zoe's yeah. apprehension of him is just and knowing that, that they, much better. And, and knowing that they become such a great couple. Like mm. Earlier in this episode
0: at, that, uh, at the birthday dinner, Wash comes in late and he's actually saying, oh, it looks like I'm a little bit too late for all the fun. And he looks in the middle and he's like, and too late for all the food as well. And Zoe turns around like, who do you think you're married to? And pulls out a plate and she saved him. And it kind of shows that how strong their marriage is. Yeah, I mean, we really do see throughout the entire series that Wash and Zoe is like the ideal relationship. They love each other no matter what and they don't do anything.
1: They're opposites, but they work. Yeah, I mm. mean,
0: w- Wash had the opportunity to uh, cheat on her. Just last episode we were talking about that and now Mrs Reynolds didn't yeah. do it. They have a very strong relationship.
1: Yeah, and he didn't really show any signs. Like there wasn't any thought it was process. Just like, should I, should I No, He's just like, was like no, no, no. no. Zoe will kill me. Yeah, if if he was unwed, he might have taken her in a manly fashion. But yeah, we don't know for sure. Um, the next person that we get to see come on the ship is Caddy Bay, um, who yeah comes onto the ship in a slightly different way <laughs> to wash.
0: Um, Sorry, I just need to note. You just said she comes on the ship.
1: Yeah, I, I regret that terminology, that phrasing. Well, would you uh, like to explain how she comes on the ship? Well, we, we don't see all of her straight away. The, the engineer slash mechanic that they have at the time, as Jareth mentioned before Wash came on board, is actually a guy. Um, and so they're, they're stuck sort of waiting for the ship to be fixed. He says, oh, he'll get around to it. And Mao comes basically into the engine room to give him a peace of his mind. And we see this mechanic giving another part of him to a lady. A young lass by the name of Kaylee, as we find out. And, yeah, the mechanics kind of... He reminds me kind of like a surfer slash stoner that's guy.
0: exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. He's shirtless. He has a couple tattoos. He's uh, kind of real skinny guy. But, yeah, he does kind of remind me of like a surfer-y... I, I know people like this yeah, guy. Yeah, same. Everything's cool, man. Just just roll with it,
1: yeah. people. And so, you yeah, know, Mal's kind of getting a bit annoyed by him. And, you yeah, know, he gives some mumbo-jumbo about why they're not flying, to which Kaylee just kind of says, no, that's not your issue. And she demonstrates, you know, half... Dressed pretty much. How to fix the ship? She start. mentions that while she was on her back,
0: she saw exactly what the problem was. She wasn't even looking; she just happened to notice. That's how good of a mechanic Kaylee is. Yeah,
1: and and yeah, she's not trained or anything. It's just it's speaks to her. Yeah. Um, which again is kind of a little bit of character building, showing the connection and bond that she already sort of has to Serenity. Right from the start, there she can kind of understand.
0: The ship which is very important for this one because this episode is a, a massive serenity episode it, yeah. it, it is all around her it, you know she's the one with the problem that's why we have this whole episode mm. and we're seeing how everyone comes to be you know part of the crew so it is very central yeah, this is serenity. one of those
1: episodes that show why she's referred to as the 10th character yeah. yeah um and it's an important character as well so i mean this is a fun little introduction to kaylee uh, it establishes what to expect from her. She's kind of got that evanescent smile on her face. She you know, knows what she's doing with the ship. And Mao basically tells the guy to bugger off. Which brings us to the third member, Jane. Who, as we sort of mentioned, this is my favourite. I think it's yours as well. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, for, for origin coming onto the ship, I thought this was pretty weird. Yeah, it,
1: it's just a very simplistic one. Uh, Mal and Zoe are sort of being held by gunpoint by a couple of guys, one of whom's Jane.
0: And uh, the other one There's another two There's three guys there um, There's Jane Marco Who is uh, the, the leader Of this little gang, And another guy Who never gets a name um, And name also doesn't boring. get a, a line He's just there um, For a joke So yeah we see That they've been captured And, and Mal turns to Zoe And says like Which one ca- Which one tracked us down And is like The ugly one A bit of a pause Looks around That doesn't really Narrow it down She points out That it was Jane Jane tracked them down And um, so yeah They're being held At gunpoint And uh yeah, I think this is why this is my favorite because it just it really shows uh, a little bit of cheek. You know, Mal's being held at gunpoint yeah. and uh, does what Mal does, just turns to Jane and is like, "So you're the one that found us, and you know how much are you getting for that?" It's like, "Jane's like seven percent." He's like, "Oh, oh well." Jane's like, well, what, 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 what's what's going on?" Mal's like, uh, not, nothing, nothing. You know that that that's fine." Turns to Zoe, Zoe, I think I might be overpaying you um and you know jane's like well why what, what does she get and marco sitting there like just shut up shut up Ma- marco us-
1: can kind of see what's going on here yeah He's yeah and, a it, bit and this whole
0: time marco's just trying to get it back onto track which is you know where did they hide the goods which is why they're being held mm-hmm. at, at gunpoint and uh basically it it, it keeps going like this and, and kind of the thing that gets jane onto their side is uh is a room yeah is uh yeah mal says uh yeah uh, I understand that, you know. You, you, you've got, you know, seven percent. You've got your own room. Got your benefits. Looks at Jane. Jane's like, has a bit of a quizzical look on his face. And Mouse's like, "Wait, well, you don't have your own room?" Jane's like, "I bunk with him," and like points to the the other guy who's there, who, like I said, is just there for that joke. Yeah. Jane shoots Marco tells him to shut up because he wants to hear more of what Mal and Zoe say and, and that that's really all there is to it
1: he just kind of gets convinced yeah but it kind of shows Jane in a nutshell Like he, he's a, he knows what he's doing but he can be easily manipulated but he's always looking out for him he, always looking is number out for Jane, one yeah. and considering the next episode's error which we will cover this is a very important very, plot very point important. to show that he can be turned pretty much on a dime Yeah, literal
0: guy And through this whole series I mean he shows uh, Quite a lot of I think Loyalty to Mm -hmm. Mal And respect But it is just respect Really Um, And once again That comes into The next episode Very heavily We'll move on for now So we've kind of got That issue happening With the uh, With the the ship You know everything's Crashing and burning And uh, River walks in To see Book And he's looking Over his uh, Over his Bible And he's kind of trying to find some, some guidance in this time of need. And River uh, then uh, just t- turns to him and says, are you afraid? And he's like, uh, yes. And she says, oh, okay. Doesn't that, teach, doesn't that book tell you not to be afraid? And he's like, well, yeah. Um, and then she gives him some very, very heartfelt advice to, to really help him through because he's, you know, he's afraid that he's going to suffocate.
1: You're afraid we're going to run out of air. That we'll die gasping. But we won't. That's not going to happen. We'll freeze to death first. Classic River there with the uh, beautiful advice as always. Um, one thing I did actually want to mention before we get too much further into this uh, sort of discussion on, on the episode is there's an aspect about Inara's character. We don't get a lot from her in this one, um, but there's a very poignant moment where she pretty much, uh, she's talking to Simon, she basically says, I don't want to die at all. It's the way she says it that's actually quite interesting. Um it's alluded to once or twice in the series, but it's not really covered because, you know, Fox decided that Firefly only needed one ep- uh, one season. Thank, Thank you, Fox. Fox. Um, but it was revealed later on uh, that everyone on Firefly had a secret um, that was going to be addressed at some point through the se- multiple seasons that this series was meant to have. And Marina Baccarin, uh revealed on a panel at one stage, I think it was on the Gotham panel, um, that she revealed that Inara was actually meant to be dying from the very first episode that she was meant to be dying. And you, you don't get a lot of it, unfortunately, but there are moments like this one where it kind of alludes, like, yeah, there's something more going on with Yeah, her. if you knew
0: that there was something going on, it's very, very poignant. Mm. Uh, but because we never really found out about that, even re-watching these, you don't yeah. really click onto it. it. But still it would be such a good works in context,
1: because they all feel like they're going to die. Mm. Um, but where they, most of them are worried that they're going to die at this point, you can kind of tell that she's worried yeah. about dying in general. general yeah. yeah. Um, another thing about this episode I really liked was each of the timelines kind of had a different colouring hue to it. It's not something I noticed on the first watch through, uh, mm-hmm. but kind of, like, you know, the, what we called the first timeline, the origin timeline, it's got a, very much a yellow kind of hueing background, kind of remind me of Deus Ex uh, at times. Uh, the timeline three, which you referred to as present, I referred to as future, mm-hmm. kind of got that bluey tinge to it as well. And the second one's just kind of generic kind of normal i love how that kind of separates everything because it would be very easy at points in this episode to kind of get confused by the timelines but it's just a very simple, you know, directorial yeah. thing. One colour for each. Yeah, so after sort of they realise that things are going south and they may not be able to fix the ship, they kind of have to, you know, Malcolm is forcing them to split up. You know, he's going to stay with the ship, but they kind of want to increase their chances of surviving, basically, by, you know, spreading their options, sending two shuttles out in different directions.
0: And hoping that someone will pick up a signal or that they will run into it. Because, I mean, and earlier in this scene we had... Uh, wash in the cockpit and he's kind of doing nothing and mal goes up to him and he's like you know get the signal out what are you doing and wash is like we're out in the middle of nowhere no one's going to hear us there's nothing we can do and they have a bit of an argument which actually ends with mal saying well why don't you reroute this through the navcore? and wash is like well that's a dumb idea because then it's just going to stop and people are going to have to try and get it out of our out of their thing before find out our signal before they can move on and uh they both kind of look at each other and like well maybe I'll do that Maybe you should do that And uh, so At the moment That's our only chance Is that uh, That someone's going to Find them and help is And they that, do But you know yeah.
1: It doesn't go brilliantly for. Doesn't now. go
0: brilliantly But uh, that, that happens after the, They've split into The two shuttles And uh, so To split up they, they go into A Nara shuttle Which is the um, Her companion Her actual quarters And in that one We've got Kaylee uh, Shepherd Book And Jane And then in the other uh, Pod We've got Simon Zoe River And Wash uh, flying that one So we've got a Nara Flying hers And Wash flying his um, the, the other one Just in complete Opposite direction So that hopefully Someone will pick them up Yeah And um, Wash Stands up And walks off and, and you know Mal's like What are you doing You know And everyone's quite upset Because Mal's like Gonna die He's gonna go down With his ship And so are they Because they also Mentioned that uh, The pods don't have Enough fuel to get anywhere hmm. Uh, they are purely just we're gonna split, we're gonna hope someone finds us. And
1: it has oxygen which is more than what serenity has at this point in time. yeah
0: especially after they blasted some of their oxygen out getting rid of the fire um, and their life system life support system is mm. offline at the moment. Um, and wash goes off and he sets up a little relay so that and it's just a button that Mal has to press to let the, the shuttles know that, turn around come back
1: funny story on that button actually alan tudyk ended up stealing that button from the set at the end of it all and gave it to joss uh with the intention of if firefly gets renewed press that button and we'll come back just a cute little fact i, I didn't love. know that
0: and that is absolutely brilliant mm. and i really want that button to be pressed.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> i really hope that joss whedon like when they were going to do the serenity movie he like made a thing of like everybody back <laughs> and presses the button that would be brilliant yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, as, as Trent just mentioned, someone does actually hear yeah, that Yeah, uh, he, that he
1: gets found, and oh, we're not going to drag this episode on too much longer because most of what we've got to say has sort of been said. But Basically, the reason why Mal at the start of the episode is basically dying and bleeding out is because someone finds the ship, tries to take it over, they're going to commandeer the ship, steal it, and Mal manages to save, save the ship and save himself... But he gets shot in the process. Yeah. Um, And then there's the slow build process of can he fix serenity in time? And, yeah, he's fumbling with the uh, part that he's got. He drops it. There's all that tension. I mean, it's halfway through the season, and even though Fox did end up cancelling it, you kind of feel like he's going to be okay at the end of it. But they still do a good job of building this tension here, and you do kind of worry for Mal. In the end, like, he would have died if it wasn't for the fact that Zoe recovered and demanded that they, you know, turn back and find Mal. Yeah, I actually
0: had a question here as well Mm. when I was watching it because it kind of didn't make a lot of sense to me. So these guys come on the ship... They try and take it over, they shoot Mao. So Mao's injured and he's on a ship that they know isn't working Mm -hmm. and the life support isn't working. Why do they leave?
1: Uh, Well, I think uh, there's a couple of reasons why. Like Mao managed to then get a gun on them and he dying like I think they could tell. No, so,
0: I don't mean why do they leave Serenity I mean yeah. why do they leave why didn't they just get in the ship sit there wait for male to die then jump back on and take the
1: ship well I thought I, I kind of got the impression that was what they were going to do like you know they kind of you can tell they're like okay you got a gun on us we'll get out of here but I feel like they were just going to be they were be quite smug when, as they
0: were leaving they were like yeah yeah, yeah whatever mate we'll leave
1: but... um, the only thing I can think of is maybe yeah you know, he got the ship going and they're like oh he's fixed it you know This is going to be more trouble than it's worth. Maybe by that time Zoe's shuttle was returning. It's not fully explained. Um, and we don't know how long Mao's kind of out of it for after he fixes the ship. I would say it couldn't have been that long because, yeah, if you pass out from blood loss, you, you're going to die pretty quickly. So I'd say there can't have been that much of a time differential between yeah. him fixing the ship between, and the, the yeah. shuttle's returning. Him fixing
0: the ship, then yeah. crawling, not quite making it to that button mm. that we were speaking of. And Zoe kind of wakes up from her little thing and says, look, turn this around, we're going back. Yeah. And uh, Jane actually makes a nice little uh, uh, quote here about Anara's uh, shuttle. He says, well, we would have turned around as well, but there was something wrong with Inara's shuttle. And Inara's like, there's nothing wrong with my shuttle. And Jane's like, it smells funny. She's like, that's incense. I told you many times that is incense.
1: He does actually have a reason to be concerned by the incense, though, because she does use as a flashbang in one of the earlier episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty much out of gas in a nutshell. Yeah. What and did you think
0: of it? I really liked it, and, and this episode kind of feels like a second pilot in the sense of, in the pilot, we got... Sorry, not in the pilot, but in what became the pilot, because thank you, Fox. We got the origin story of Simon and River and and Book as far as how they came to be on Serenity. And this one covers everyone else. We find out how everyone else gets on Serenity, uh, except for Mal up to this point. Up to mm-hmm. this point, Mal just knows about the shit. Um, and throughout this whole episode, we've kind of had these voice flashbacks of when Mal was buying uh, Serenity. And you hear this this dealer, and he's talking, and he's saying, oh, look, this is you know, top-notch shit. Yeah, it kind of goes to that scene. Then... And-
1: yeah, and it's funny because you know, you, you piece it together, you think, i.e., obviously, it's going to be about Serenity because you know, this is the, the story of Serenity basically. Uh, but at the very end, it kind of reveals that he's talking about this other ship. Um, it's sort of like a yellow upright ship, and th- this is a ship that he's trying to sell to Mal. And the whole time, Malcolm's just kind of distracted by this little you know, piece of junk basically in the corner, which, of course, is a Firefly class ship that would then be named Serenity. Um. It. It's a. It's a good episode. It's not the easiest watch because it is quite down in a lot of ways compared to some of the other ones. Um, yeah, and it does
0: jump around a little bit. Like mm. we said, it's not difficult to follow with the different colouring schemes. Yeah. But I mean, you do have to be paying attention. Um. You can't just chuck it on for light entertainment. This no. one, you need to know what's happening. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll have no idea as it does jump around.
1: Yeah, really, by the end of it, you know, After you've finished watching it, you kind of have to take a breath because you're a bit out of gas. Yeah, and, and that, that is going to be the end of that episode because we're not getting No, nah, any... just, just go straight
0: into the synopsis for Ariel, man. That was, that was the perfect way to finish that out.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> Hard up for cash, Serenity takes on a job from Simon. Help him get a thorough diagnostic of River in return for the opportunity to loot the vast medical stores of an alliance hospital on the Central World Ariel. But River's pursuers are hot on their trail and they receive some unexpected inside help. Drama shoes. As it always
0: does. Oh yeah. Um we made it. We're we're at my favourite episode. Yeah. Um and as we've as we mentioned last episode as well, Trent and my top three just interchange around. This is number two for this is Number me. two for you. Um, and really the first
1: two are quite a ways ahead of every every episode. episode. Not yeah. that the others are bad, it's just these two are by far my most memorable and enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really strange because if someone says uh, who do I maybe associate with the most, it would probably be Wash with mm. his uh sense of humour and whatnot, but I think Simon is my favorite character, and, and that's why this is my favorite episode because we really see him going into his element, and a couple of times through this one.
1: Yeah, this is a hundred percent a Simon episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we, he's been a bit of a butt of the joke in quite a few things, whether it's trying to talk to Kaylee Bay or just you know trying, just to being f- really awkward because yeah, he's kind he's of out in a, of a situation.
0: Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He's definitely out of his element. That's the best way to put it. He's, yeah. you know, Final frontiering it.
1: Here yeah. we are. They're in the city. Um, they're in the central planets. This is where basically he plot his craft and you really get to see there's a couple of moments in this episode that really showcase why simon is such an important and interesting character uh the first one for me personally there's really two but i'll I'll sort of jump ahead a bit i seeing him actually working as a doctor here you know Just to give some context, they're in the hospital at this stage, just broken in. Uh, Simon is sort of transporting River with James, kind of like the security bodyguard. And something's happening, you know, a patient's dying and the doctor there's kind of struggling to help him. River kind of says a couple of sort of cryptic weird things like, he's going to die and whatnot. You can save him and yeah. Yeah, and Simon's, you know, trying to calm her down, but then realises, no, this guy's going to die. And just like the flick of a switch, he turns into doctor mode and just saves the day.
0: We'll we'll get to the other part that he gets to. We'll start off with the how this episode starts. It okay. starts with everyone in. The, I'm sorry to jump around, mate. <laughs> well,
1: to be fair, I jumped. Yeah, I'm I'm into trying to dress back to where
0: yep. we were supposed to yep. be. The beginning of the episode.
1: What? That's
0: crazy. Um, I'm an I'm, I'm an old fashioned that way. Uh, so we see everyone in the uh, in the common room or the dining room, um, and they're having a bit of a laugh and just to cut forward because there's not really a lot of important things that happen here. River picks up a knife and slashes Jane across the chest.
1: Yeah. He gets quite annoyed about that. and a you bit would. of banter, and uh, yeah, Jane says something a little derogatory to Simon, which River doesn't take too kindly to. Um, it is interesting to note, though, that this particular... The shirt he's wearing is actually a blue sun shirt. Um, which is one of the biggest companies in the Serenity universe and has quite a lot of shadowy undertones and stuff. So uh, I've seen some theories online that River wasn't so much angry at Jane, which I, I personally disagree with because there's reason for Yeah, I feel yeah. like it was with Jane, but yeah... It's, it's kind of, she was, you know, she, she's cutting the blue off and she even later says, red looks better on you, which is kind of a weird line to say if it was just like, I'm oh, just making someone bleed, but it's, I think it's actually interesting, a blue sun shirt turning red. Um, yeah. it's a very river moment. Uh, but it is kind of proof though. Don't don't think anything untoward Simon when River's about and a knife is nearby. Yeah. Because yeah. she will
0: cut you. Yeah, she will cut you down. Yeah. Um and, and then we've got Simon, who is the doctor, having to stitch up Jane while Jane's pretty much just mouthing off his sister, which isn't a smart thing to be doing no. when, you know, someone's helping Yeah, you've got a pretty serious wound across your chest. Yeah. Probably don't insult the doctor that's helping you. Mm. But, uh, we yeah, we do see that animosity, and I think this one's pretty warranted, why Jane's got a bit of animosity towards Simon as Simon and River come as a duo. Hmm. Not, Simon's not... kind of, you know, defending her actions.
1: Hmm. Not that I've ever been cut upon by a crazy, psychotic girl, but I feel like I'd be slightly annoyed, especially if the brother was there who's yeah. meant to be controlling her. Yeah, I'd be pretty annoyed about that. Which, but but it is kind of the catalyst that sets up the, the story of this episode, because Mao kind of says to, you know, Simon... You need to get her under control. Simon doesn't really know what's got wrong with Simon at this stage. He's kind of been he's kind of been working in the dark, and he needs to get access to a machine that can basically give him a good idea of what's going on in River's head. So he kind of deducts a bit of a plan, which is kind of the second yeah, moment. This is Simon. where yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, he he really kind kind of comes into a real confident mode. And, and I think this moment can be split over two bits, but it's still really only one mm. thing, which is him with the heist. Uh, the first bit is he goes to Mal and he says. I need better equipment. We need to go to a central planet. And Mao says, no, we're not going to a central planet. That's silly. Uh, why on earth would I do that? And I
1: mean, they kind of got to go there anyways for Nara to renew a yeah. license, but they were not going to go, not to gonna go on. Like yeah. they were going
0: to stay away from authorities. Mm. Sorry. I, I, yeah. I, there's another thing. Nara has a client on, on the planet, which we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. Um, but sorry, what I meant. Yeah. Then they weren't mm. going to go anywhere because there's a very strong Alliance present on this mm. presence on this planet. Um, and so, you know, why would we put ourselves in that kind of danger so that you can look at your sister's head? But Simon just says, well, there's something in it for you. They stock a lot of uh, medical equipment mm. and I can tell you what has street value. You know, I can tell you what you need to take and, you know, where we can take it and sell it. And instantly he's talking Mao's language. You know, he's like, oh, okay, it's a job. It's a, it's a heist, you know, and, and the biggest job that they have ever done mm. because, you know, this is very heavily guarded medical equipment and you know, they're going to take it to the outer outer rim where people don't have that kind of a...
1: And and there's a nice bit of justification here too because you automatically think stealing medical equipment is not exactly something the good guys do. Uh, But it is very quickly mentioned, I think Cali Bay brings it up, um, you know, should we really be stealing medical equipment? But it turns out that the stuff's going to be re- you know, replaced in a matter of hours, so they don't really yeah they're not lose they're, out
0: they're not going to miss out mm. as far as the, the hospital that they they're going to be restocked in a couple of hours they won't even notice it yeah um, as long as you know the crew can get out of the hospital without making a big fuss mm. then they'll or probably turning knows. on them yeah yeah we we're kind of setting up this this heist uh, which is where Simon kind of comes into his own and he's figuring out a way that they're going to do this and uh, basically the way he's going to do it is he's going to dress them up like they work there and walk in. So mm. to do this, they need a few things. Uh, they need uniforms, which I think Jane takes yeah, care Jane of. Jane
1: acquires, they sort of do a little bit of an on-world transaction there yeah, to acquire
0: it. Puts the money in a vent, and then someone drops the bag in front mm. of the vent. That's all there is to that. Uh, and they also need a ship. They need a medical, like a, a paramedic, an ambulance. Basically, we're seeing a futuristic ambulance, so they're ships. That's yeah. all. That's all it is. It looks exactly mm-hmm. like an ambulance.
1: Yeah. It's just a, a helicopter ambulance, almost. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and so they kind of go to a, tr- a junkyard, and they're yeah. going through lots of tr- trash. Uh, and and Wash picks up a very interesting piece of uh, of an uh, engine.
1: Yeah, and, and well done to Josh Whedon for sort of doing this little nod. It, it didn't have to be done, but yeah, Wash picks up the same part that they needed in the previous episode. So yeah. I mean, all of Out of Gas could have been avoided if they'd done aerial first basically
0: yeah which is sucks
1: yeah um <laughs> i mean even if you watch it out of order it's kind of funny seeing wash sailed away and then thinking but that's an important part but yeah within the context of the story it's just kind of a cute like oh that's right you'd find yeah. it when you're finished with it. um
0: and so basically we've got our little uh, heist here we've got uh, and, and all
1: this oh. that we just mentioned is set against a montage which is just it's Heist movie one hundred and one oh, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely. beautiful. It's wonderful, and it's just
0: yeah. And, and you've got your classic uh, everyone huddled around the the heist board, you know, the map, and all the little pieces going around, and they're having you know, a few jokes about yeah about that. So in in this episode, we've got for for the heist, uh, we're gonna have Mal, Zoe, and Jane kind of dress up as paramedics, and they're gonna push into corpses, to you know and those corpse are corpses, corpse eye,
1: a murder of corpses.
0: Yeah. Murder of co- so there's there's two it's not really a murder, a couple of corpses. They uh, they walk in with a couple of corpses, which are Simon and River. Yeah. Uh, which Simon gives them some drugs so that they look Jane like
1: Jane was very excited about uh, having a dead Simon. And yeah, River. yeah, he was really pumped about that, wasn't he? Mm.
0: Yeah, um, especially seeing he was like, if he doesn't give uh, Simon the you know antidote so that he wakes up, he won't wake up. Yeah. So that was a lot of power to put in Jane's hands for someone who just got slashed by River. Like,
1: seriously. Yeah, but it had to be done. It did. Um, They clearly didn't trust uh, Jane with the medical supplies. No,
0: they did not. Which we kind of get, because as we're kind of running this uh, montage uh, of the the setup for the heist, we see Simon trying to teach uh, Jane, Mal, and Zoe some kind of medical jargon so they can walk in. And, um, yeah, we kind of see Jane has a bit of trouble learning his lines there, which... Kind of comes into part a little bit later on when he needs to say said lines at the front desk. And they're like, yeah, we've got two corpses. And the lady's like, okay, go on. Yeah,
1: all, and, all that hard work was for nothing.
0: And and Jane kind of feels a bit gypped, I think. And he just starts blurting out the lines that he was supposed to say. And she just kind of looks at him like, I didn't ask for that. I don't care about that at all.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like This episode is as much about Simon as it is Jane. It really um, is. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Simon. It's time to talk about Jane because... Jane betrays the crew of Serenity here. I mean, in his mind, he's betraying Simon River, who aren't really members of the crew. They're not the people that he's sort of grown up with on this ship. And, and as we
0: saw earlier, he kind of has that issue with them now, um, which I think is why we had that at the of the yeah, episode. Yeah,
1: he, he did get cut by, and he sees River as... Cut deep, man. Yeah, unhinged and dangerous, which she is. is. Yeah. Um, but he feels like he needs to basically get rid of them. Why not make some money in the process? So while River and you know, Simon are recovering from being corpses... He goes and basically talks to the police and says, is the deal still on? And yeah, it's sort of shown that he was planning to betray them from the start, basically. And so he helps them sort of go through. Simon runs his tests on River. He does what he needs to do. And while they're doing it, Jane kind of says, okay, there's been a change of plans. We need to get out the back way. So they go out the back way, Simon's sort of gushing about how good Jane's been. And then they open the door. Cops are everywhere. And Jane kind of get taken as well. He's sort of going, what's going on here? stupidly kind of believed that the Alliance would actually pay him rather than mm. just take him in as basically aiding and abetting these fugitives. And,
0: and we do see uh, Jane, a bit of a conscience through this. He mm. starts to change his mind uh, as the heist is going on. He's starting to think, like, oh, maybe I don't want to turn
1: them in. It's sort of bit getting an it. idea of what they've actually done to River.
0: It, it's really interesting that, uh, and kind of follows on from the last episode when we see Jane's main priority is Jane mm. uh, and his money is what's going to be best for him yeah. uh, we also had this in Jane's town where he threw out a human body mm. just so that he could get away with the money
1: and even in serenity like yeah you know, he doesn't betray the crew but he, he literally comes out and says the money wasn't good enough that was the only reason he didn't betray them
0: yeah and uh, and, and listening to this you sound like oh Jane's a, a nasty guy he's gonna betray them um, you know all the time but uh, he is quite loyal mm. to Mouth. Yeah, uh, he's not loyal to Simon and, and River as yeah. you said. He doesn't feel that they're part of the crew, and, and this um, is
1: his perception of it. That he's not betraying Mao by betraying Simon and River, but in Mao's eyes, he is. He is, and yeah. then Simon. I mean, we see that at the end. We'll sort of talk about that in a little bit. What what I love here too is how like Simon keeps seeing Jane doing these things, basically trying to protect them. Like he tries to wrestle f- free and break, yeah, you know, break through. He gets stopped, but uh, when they're sort of in the interrogation room, Simon's kind of like. Oh, good job. You nearly, you know, you would have got through if they didn't have the gun or an extra couple of people. And Jane's sitting there going, Yeah, but I wasn't doing it for you, kind of thing.
0: We do get to see two by two hands of blue. Yes, Um, they
1: return. And the same hands of blue return. uh, Yeah. As opposed to Joss Whedon's original plan where they're all going to be different members each time they showed up. Which I would have preferred. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. Like this could have been built as a sort of returning protagonist, uh, antagonist, um, and it kind of is still. Yeah, it, um, it is, but it's not booked as that.
0: Yeah, we literally have this no name character who comes in once mm-hmm. as you know. Oh, sorry, characters. There are two of them. Yeah. But they as an entity are one character. The hands of blue pair. Um, it would have made them more menacing. I feel if they were different uh, actors each time. Which Cause is. Because then you're thinking of- like, this is a faceless organization. They've. <laughs> Thousands. You have no idea who could be you know, employed by the government, who's you know, working against them. But now we're like, oh, it's just the same guys all the time. Who cares? You know, you can you can tell. If it was different people, I think it would have added.
1: And, and you mentioned it would have been sort of creepier and weirder. It's it's crazy because these two are so creepy. Still, they're like, so
0: stoic and mm. kind of monotone that you would think. That they're just boring, uh, and in actual fact, when we see them in this episode, they kind of go up to the the guy who's in charge of the capture before, obviously the you know, the alliance mm. was called in. Uh, he was the kind of police officer in charge, and they turn to him and "He's like, I spoke to him, and they didn't say anything." And these two very creepy characters to look up, and they're like, "You spoke to the subject," and he's like, oh, "Well, yeah, but they didn't tell me anything, you know." And as a result, you know, he gets his brains liquefied um, yeah. these guys are, are. they keep secrecy very seriously now,
1: now keep in mind this is an M rated show like this you know it's not pushing horror kind of gore levels but this is one of the most unsettling scenes I've seen like as they're sort of talking to this guy and they pull out their little you know antenna kind of thing that they're just kind of holding they're just you know talking to him and they have the little antenna around and slowly but surely you start to see blood starting to seep from pretty much anywhere blood anywhere that it can ears, eyes, nose, yeah.
0: fingernails and
1: by the end you just kind of see this guy in abject horror he can't say anything because he's in so much pain but you've got blood pouring from you know, either side of the eyes from the nose it's just oh.
0: and it, yeah, it kind of it strikes me as like a, a sound Like a vibration weapon, Mm. it kind of feels like that kind of thing. It's
1: not, which is good because I think, you know, sort of imagining what it could be. But yeah, you kind of get the impression it's liquefying something like everything. Yeah. Um, But they knock out pretty much the entire Alliance outpost there because, you know, they spoke to these subjects. But thankfully, you know, the the others are there to save the day. The door gets open in the nick of time and they all escape before the Hand of Blue actually catch up.
0: and, And while all this is going on, I mean, Mal and Zoe have been taking the empty. Kind of caskets mm-hmm. that uh, that Simon River were brought in in and uh, filling them up with all of these drugs and stuff yeah. that, that they wanted and uh, so Simon and, and River and Jane are still in the building when Mal and Zoe get out they get out they've got all the drugs and they're like awesome we succeeded and then like why is no one out yet and eventually they realise something's wrong and they go back
1: uh, just uh, one other thing I wanted to quickly mention on the hands of blue as well again with sort of the horror movie yeah aspect of it is as they're running away you just hear the screams of all the alliance members as mm. they're you know, being put through this little liquefying process I I never really thought about how much of a horror movie section this actually is until I was just sort of talking about it now yeah me either I've I've seen horror movies like literally last night I went to go see Blair Witch and like it's creepy but this is more unsettling than anything from that movie in my opinion Good movie, but just the way this is presented, yeah. and maybe because it's not meant to be horror, so you're not going in preparing yourself like you're not. You don't have your hands on your knees. And yeah, well, not... you
0: kind of feel like this is going to be you know your classic heist movie. Mm. Uh, it does definitely. And I love feel heist like movies; it. they're fun. Um, they're as not meant to be scary. Yeah, as we've mentioned through this entire uh, our entire review of the series, that every episode kind of has its own genre. Mm. Uh, we've had a horror movie. <laughs> you know, strangely enough, yeah. we've already had that with the readers. Yeah.
1: We've had the romantic the, comedies. We've had the yeah, action. we've had the, the western yeah. you know
0: the train job. In this one it's a heist movie but then it just turns mm. on a dime and suddenly they're being chased you know everything's gone wrong and they're trying to not die
1: which is a very good reason <laughs> oh, it's a good reason to run yeah yeah um and so anyways everything kind of ends up okay yeah you know, jane river and simon get saved and they're back on the ship and they're all celebrating and this is the moment where we really get to see one of probably malcolm's best aspects as well um, yeah, everyone goes off to celebrate Jane then gets knocked out. As if there hadn't been enough kind of betrayal yeah. and backstabbing. Jane goes down, it shows that Mao's knocked him out. He wakes up, he's in kind of the cargo bayass. Yeah, it's
0: kinda of, it's the airlock. Yeah, so that's it's the, I was the thinking. Uh, yeah, it's the, the kind of the little gap between uh the cargo bay and the outside
1: mm. and um yeah so jane wakes up there there's a little walkie talkie and mal has worked out what's gone on there he's worked out that jane's betrayed them changed the plan tried to you know make out with money for himself and he just rails into jane mal just there's a there's a switch that flicks with him as well and there's only a few times in the series and the movie where we see this side of mal this kind of real i think probably what joss whedon was originally envisioning Mao to be this kind of focused on one thing it doesn't matter what needs to be done as long as the right thing is done and he's threatening to let jane out of the airlock and die basically with yeah you know, it's just the rage and the fury in his speech and his sort of mannerisms we only see it we see it in the next episode a little bit as well and then in the movie when everything just falls apart but seeing how Mao's kind of you know sarcastic sort of fun but serious and, and this just changes everything. It's a creepy side of Yeah,
0: um, I mean, even in the last episode, we saw it a little bit with the disaster, um, mm. and he kind of put the needs of the crew above the needs of Wash in yeah. that instance, wherein the ship needed to move again, and it was, it was busted. He put away that personal side and went, I am the captain of this ship. I have a responsibility to my crew. And, and he takes it very seriously. And doesn't really care who he offends along the way, as long as he's doing the right thing and he's, you know, doing it for the right reasons.
1: And eventually he kind of lets Jane free. Um, but it kind of feels with that very much a It really feels
0: like Mal's decided, not nah, Jane, done, you're, you're gone. And, and Jane really begs for his life, which... You know, you, you didn't really see coming because Jane's kind of this tough guy through the entire thing. And then, yeah, he's begging for his life. Like, come on, Mel, I, I didn't mean to betray you. And Mel's like, you betrayed someone of my crew. You betray me. Yeah. yeah, And and Mel also kind of mentions that, like, if the roles were reversed, he'd be the same. He's just yeah. as defensive of every member of his crew.
1: Yeah. And uh, it, it sort of really establishes Malcolm's vision of the crew and Jane's vision of the crew. And I think once he sort of lets him in, Jane is on the tightest of leashes and if anything else happened to suggest otherwise, Jane would be gone again. So that was Errol. We've got one more episode we're going to cover, which is War Stories. Angered at Zoe's unshakable war connection to Mao, Wash demands a shot at a field assignment. Unfortunately, crime lord Niska chooses this moment to exact a brutal vengeance for Mao's failure to complete an earlier job. Drama in shoes.
0: That's right, kids. Niska is back.
1: Yes. One of my favourite antagonists from the Firefly series, I've got to say. It's probably partly because he actually gets two appearances in this one. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about him, like he's brutal, he's ruthless, but he's kind of still got that old grandpa kind of feel to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of kind of interesting. Um, also, the accent is brilliant, and I really hope you're going to give us another Niska impression.
1: Nain. Nain.
0: That, that's as close as we're going to get, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Damn yeah. I, I, look, I try. I did Niska once. So I'm not gonna do Niska again. It was again. funny. It, yeah, but it was so inaccurate. And I, I I came here prepared for that one. Yeah. Like last last time with Badger, I had sort of mentally prepared myself to try and do his accent niska because yeah, it's
0: one of your favorite lines yeah, so, yeah but
1: niska literally was like oh he has an accent i'll try this i said it and then i'm like oh that was a bad move
0: and i did not cut it out
1: no so it, to avoid it i'm just not going to try yeah fair enough all right but he is in this one you know even though my accent doesn't suggest it
0: he is and uh, as you said like he's He's a great antagonist and he comes back twice. So yeah. that does, I mean, in one season of Firefly, thank you Fox. Thank you Fox. We, we do get, uh, we get Niska twice. So, yeah. uh, and it's good because he has more character than most characters. Uh, that's a weird one way to say that, but uh, there's just more to him. Um, and, and
1: it is kind of nice to see like, you know, cause he, his whole reputation, which he yeah you know, puts so much stock in is one that won't let someone like Mal get away with what he did. So it is kind of good to actually see him follow up on that. Yeah.
0: yeah, we we see a uh, like there's one line a little bit later on in this in this episode which, shows that perfectly, and it's when. Uh Niska's speaking to Mal and he says, I think a lot of people know the name Malcolm Reynolds, no? And a lot of people know that you have you know, crossed me and now they must know what happens when you cross me. And and that's when uh, yeah, we had that uh, the earlier confrontation between those two and uh, they kicked Crow into an engine.
1: Yeah, that, that was uh, not the nicest thing you could do. No. But it did um, send a message.
0: And, and it kind of explains to us why is after them because they paid him back the money. Yeah, you know, mm. they they gave him back all of his money from the train job, which is the episode we are referencing there. So you know, why why would Niska be after them? And, and there is that that you know, Mal backed out on a plan on a deal with Niska. You don't do that. Mm. You know, he has a he has a reputation to uphold. Oh,
1: yes. What is good about this episode, and we've seen it uh, once before in this uh, series, but we get to see it again. It's kind of a continuation on the previous episode. So just to recap, with Ariel, they got all these medical supplies, and now in uh, War Stories, they're trying to sell it off basically, and this really starts the main sort of antagonist outside of niska sort of the main issues that these guys face um is wash had a certain idea for how to distribute you know basically make money off of all this stuff which
0: was distributing it straight to the local mds Mm. instead of just going to a a source for them to kind of spread it out he was going to say why don't we spread it out all of the money yeah yeah exactly just go straight to the source Mm. and and
1: now kind of wasn't interested in it but what sort of happens was uh, Zoe said to Wash that she didn't get a chance to mention it to Mao, whereas in actual fact she did, and Mao knocked it back. And it really sort of presents the main issue here, which is Wash versus Mao kind of like it's not a it's not a love triangle as such but i guess wash kind of sees it as such That it's through long. this
0: episode he yeah he kind of gets a bit jealous of uh of mal uh, and and just all the time that malcolm and zoe have known each other and have all these wonderful war stories together and, and all these experiences and i think yeah he just gets a little bit antsy about the fact that you know, she would literally follow mal to the ends of the earth
1: yeah and they've sort of had these you know I guess, defining experiences with each other. Like part of how this is set up is that Zoe's regaling a story about what happened to her and Mal during the war uh, as they're eating a bunch of apples and why that they eat their apples differently to everyone else on the ship. Yeah,
0: well, they, um, they cut their apples, which Kaylee kind of... Kaylee Bay, sorry. Kaylee Bay kind of uh, brings attention to. She's like, well, why do you... And, and cap always uh cut your apples zoe basically uh the story is from the war when they were in a trench the independence that is just over the trench was uh, the alliance um and they had no ammo and they're all waiting for their orders they're not shooting each other they're just yelling out insults and uh, as it goes on the rations kind of uh, wear out for the independence and they mention that and then all of a sudden you know it just starts raining apples and uh before Captain Reynolds, who was the captain at the time, says, oh, don't. A bunch of them have already chomped into their apples, and uh, you just hear a couple little pops. They weren't even loud bangs. Um, And, yeah, as a result, Mal and Zoe both cut their
1: apples now. And even in this sort of moment, you get to see Wash kind of listening to the story, and he makes sort of a chide comment at the end, which kind of shows that he's probably sick of hearing these kind of stories. And then this, combined with everything that's happening, kind of, yeah, it sets the stage of Wash and Mal... Wash rigs the ship so that when they were going to drop off the supplies to this middleman, Zoe and Mal couldn't leave. And he comes on to the shuttle and kind of says, Oh, yeah, no, it's going to be Mal and I this time. And Reynolds kind of lets it happen. And as they're flying off, kind of says, Don't you dare do that again. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, all this is sort of building up to their conflict now and into the situation where Niska's got them hostage. Um, yeah,
0: well, um, they're, they're going down to the planet to sell the uh, the medical supplies from Ariel. But there's also one other little uh, continuation from the last episode, and that's the very beginning of this one, wherein Simon is looking over that information from the hospital heist, uh, which is River's brain, the, the scans, and uh, books there. And uh, he comes up and he's looking at the scans, and uh, he asks... If, uh, if Simon's ever heard of the, the works of Shan Yu. And this is a very uh, important throughout this episode because Niska also makes a reference to that. So Book kind of uh, says this, and he's you know, wondering if the people that did this work to River uh, were fans of Shan Yu's work. Uh, and that's, that's where he brings it up there. And then later on, uh, as, we, as we were saying, Niska captures uh, Mal and, uh, and Wash, and he makes references to meeting one's true self again, um, once again, to Shan Yu's work from holding them over the volcano to, to meet one's true self. So yeah, that's also something that carries over from last episode. And as Mal and Wash are down on the planet, they're doing their kind of meetup and it's a pretty normal meetup. No one's betraying anyone for once, which is great. And uh, you know, they show me the goods, they show them the medical, show me the money, they tell them the money, exchange is done. The, uh, the other guy, that brought the money he gets shot in the head he's um, dead to die yeah so uh Mal sees a little red dot on his forehead and says hey whoa whoa everyone jump, jumps down and he gets shot and uh it's Niska's men Niska's mm. men uh, capture Mal and Wash and kind of take them to the, up to a space station and chuck them in a room where they're both blindfolded and we get a bit of back and forth between Mal and Wash at this point um kinda of wash kinda of says, Oh look, I am Zoe in this in this situation, you know, what would Zoe do? And Mouse like, Zoe would shut up. Um and, and Wash is like, yeah, And then go silence says, if I'm not gonna talk, you have to. And we kinda of get this back and forth at this point before they're being tortured, as it were.
1: Yeah, just just quickly on Sun Yu, um this I mean you kinda of hear it referenced a couple of times. I actually thought they were referencing a different sort of, you know, Chinese warlord, prophet, poet kind of thing, uh Sun Zhu which is, you know, who or wrote before Art of War. Art of War, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, I went, you know, when I was first watching this, I, I assumed they were pronouncing it a little bit differently, but that was who they were referring to. But, I mean, look, they're talking about him being brutal and stuff, and that's why I was a little confused, because, like, the guy who wrote The Art of War, mm. some of the stuff that they were talking about, it's like, well, I could see him saying some of this, but not all of this. Uh, and I, when I sort of realised that they were talking about a different person, Sun Yu, literally just uh, other warrior part. I sort of had a look at some of the stuff you wrote and yeah this guy's pretty bloodlusty and crazy he yeah, did the same thing He's, yeah, yeah. Like, there was one example of where he uh, ordered 200,000 surrendering men to be burned alive which you don't really do that and be what you'd consider a nice guy like no. a lot of this stuff that they're talking about and I guess the references to what Niska's like you can see why the parallels are drawn in this yeah, episode yeah
0: um, I was just about to mention that yeah, there, there are definitely parallels between Niska and uh, Shan Yu, and then yeah, yeah we, we get those references from him wanting to meet one's true self through inflicting pain mm. d- during this time. And um, and speaking of inflicting pain, um, we've got Mal and Wash kind of tied to boards up up with Niska. At this point, we have Mal and Wash, and they're kind of attached to they look like stretches up on their end really Mm. and they've got electrodes attached to their chest and i believe uh, on their sides as well Mm. getting electrocuted and uh, during this time it's kind of interesting that they're having kind of a fight between them um and they're they're just ignoring niska completely which is kind of funny you know you're sitting there electrocuting them and they're ignoring completely and every now and again niska just pumps up the electricity halfway through this thing and it, it really is just Wash uh, explaining all the things we've been saying this whole time. So uh, he says, you know, like I, I married her, you know, promised that you know, I would be by her side and sickness and health, and she would obey me. And Mal's like, she said she would obey you, and he's like, well, no, but it was implied. Um, and then the, that is the problem here, Mal. The problem is that she would obey you, but I am her husband. I am, you know, I love her. Um, and yeah, and during this time, we we kind of get, uh, you know, Mal's like, well, I've never slept with Zoe, and and Wash is like, I know that's the issue, you know, like there's that. You know, if she had, it would be over. It would be done with. There would be none of this tension. Um, and Wash kind of starts to fade out at this point um, from the torture, and, and Mao's kind of keeping him in yeah, the you, moment you by saying... You can see
1: the antagonism from Mal here isn't malicious in its nature. He's, he's doing it to keep Wash focused. Kind of conscious. Yeah, you know, because if he's not focused on basically arguing with Mao, he was going to drop out of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Wash is like focusing, he's rageful, he's angry, and he doesn't realise what Mao's doing at the time. It's actually kind of fun watching the... The parallels between these two in this particular yeah show. yeah and Wash starts to now in the, yeah, uh, the yeah.
0: Wash it starts to fade and, and Mal's like well I'll, I'll I'll do it then I'll sleep with you know, yeah yeah, yeah. He, he, he suddenly is like oh lord um I'll do it you know second we get back I'm gonna sleep with Zoe and and Wash kind of you know, bring, brings himself back
1: which, um, which then leads to the the end of this episode where. Uh, Mal and Zoe awkwardly lean in to kiss one another. Yeah. Wash said we had to sleep with each right. other to make this work. and Yes, sir, so. we've got to do what we've got to do. And it's so awkward and it's so hilarious. And you got Jane walking in and sort of being utterly confused. And why wouldn't you be at this particular scene? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a nice little, yeah, a light moment in an otherwise very dark and sort of morbid episode in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. The next five minutes is basically. Mal and Wash being tortured, you know, Wash being sat, you know, sent back for a little bit of money, and then basically sets in motion the assault on his little space station. So, um, yeah, they decide to, you know, sort of stock up on the weapons. And initially, it's just going to be Zoe and Wash because, you know, as Jane says, as you alluded to, it's a suicide mission. Yeah. But and and Wash has kind of
0: realized what Mal did. He's mm. kind of like, oh, yo, Mal kept me alive on that ship. I'm going yeah. back. And we, this is the first time we see Wash really in a a light of not being a coward he's like i want to go fight i'm fighting i'm getting guns and and we also get kind of another little moment of their relationship wherein uh wash says would you like grenades and Zoe's so like oh yes honey and it's it's kind of funny that you know he's giving her weapons but like that's her thing and yeah. she's she's loving the fact that her husband is assaulting like going on this assault with her um and you kind of see that in her, in her face that yeah she's kind of a little bit more in love with wash at this point mm.
1: And the good thing about this sort of aspect, too, is you get the uh, build of the crew coming involved as well. I mean, we sort of saw how important the crew was to Mao in Ariel. Mm. And now we kind of see how important Mao is to the crew because all of them, you know, take up arms. Even little Kay who, you know, you could never picture holding a gun. And even when she's holding a gun, you can't really, it doesn't really, Just doesn't it doesn't right, suit then. her.
0: And, and the thing is, the one who's giving them all the guns mm. is uh, Shep. Yeah. shepherd book he's the one who's getting
1: it out and you would think well he's going to be against violence mm. yeah look I've read the bible um, there isn't any mention that you can't shoot someone in the kneecaps no? it, it's kind of like implied that you shouldn't cause harm to someone but it doesn't spe- there's no specific verse that says you shall not shoot someone in the I kneecaps I feel
0: like the bible is not going to have the word shoot in it at all as like bow and arrow didn't exist so mm. like yeah it's but yeah, not going it, to say anything about shooting at all
1: it's good to know I yeah guess. it's good to be sure like,
0: Yeah, you know just, just be it's, it's certain you are not going if to. If you're
1: help. ever attacking a space Nazi and you feel the need to hold up the Bible while saving someone, can we call him a spartzy?
0: Hmm? Can we call him a spartzy? Space Nazis, Spartzi uh, I, I
1: think I think that is now the official term. Yes. It's a shame that he
0: doesn't come back into this series. We no longer get to use the word well, spartzy. He,
1: he could have if there was a second season. Thank, Thank you, Thank you Fox. Fox. Yeah, you basically got three different groups. You've got James Owen. In a shorter sort of aspect, Wash as well, you know, isn't really afraid to do anything. Then you've got, you know, uh, Book and Simon kind of holding up the second brigade. And then you've got little Kayleigh Bay holding up the edge. And you know, she literally does nothing in this episode. No. But her friend River does. Yeah, well, um, the
0: other, although Book isn't all about the violence, we see a lot of confidence out of him at this point. So uh, after Wash is kind of somehow gotten the seals lined up on uh, these two ships which was quite a quite an achievement Mm. and and he says while they're going in that you know he's got everything off and that if they show up there'll be a a blip on their radar which they probably should ignore um so yeah they land in and they set off this alarm and and just as this alarm goes off we see uh mal's dead mal Mm. died because of the the torture and uh, he gets brought back to life and we kind of see mal even though he's being tortured kind of still showing that Mal humour and just going, oh, if you've got company, like, uh, I can come back later. Like, um, which is, you know, mal mm. to a T. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we've got this, like you said, two groups and we've got that confident group that go out and uh, and although Book's not part of that group, he does kind of have a bit of an aura, an air of confidence, which well, even leads to in the
1: episode, when uh, Wash, no, when Zoe and Jane are going to find what happened to, uh, you know, Wash and Mal, uh Book comes along with him and you know, sort of investigating the scene and he's reeling off all this stuff and yeah, you know, it's had to be from a sniper, da 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 da. Yeah,
0: laser sighted sniper underneath fifty meters and and you know, James kind of turns to him and just says you know, yeah. I'll do a lot of shooting at the Abbey.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, so we get that impression that you know, Wash, no, Book knows what he's doing. Of course, if you've read the graphic novel uh, *Shepherd's Tale*, you know, yes, he is quite comfortable with weapons. Um, but we see it again, like he's you know. Pulling off kneecap shots yeah. with ease.
0: And... See, this episode actually raised more questions about books past for me mm. than the last one, where he got uh, a, a care from, yeah, the the, from the Alliance, and we're like, wow, how did he get an Alliance care? And yeah, this one kind of shows that he's quite confident with the gun, and yeah. he knows what he's doing. Um, and it, it kind of makes you like, what? like, wh- Why mm. is he so confident in battle? Like, yeah. He's supposed to be a shepherd. Also
1: um, confident with a gun is River.
0: Yeah, she is. Yeah, so uh, like, as you as you mentioned before, yeah, yeah, Kaylee... Kaylee
1: kind of gets forced back onto the ship and she's surrounded by guys, and three guys specifically shooting at her. And River sort of pops up and takes the gun from uh, Kaylee Bay and basically sort of, you know, says that she can't look. So she has a quick look, works out where they are, closes her eyes and turns around and basically, you know, I guess you could say matrixes her and pulls off three quick shots, bang, 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 and they all drop, Had her eyes closed. Yeah, it's River sort of showing, okay, whatever happened to her... She has military training as oh, well.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, she has one of the most boss lines after it oh, as well. yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's a pretty iconic one. So, uh, yeah, after she's done this nice little shooting and, and looking around, she turns back and she says... The power in the verse
1: can stop me. It's kind of hard to argue with that, to be honest. After she's just blind shot three people in yeah. different spots.
0: Yeah. Oh, and speaking of, we see, uh, not speaking of at all, but <laughs> we see. Uh, on, a,
1: on a completely different note.
0: A similar note Booker shoots people in the knees. He actually yeah. does. And yeah. uh, that's just kind of a nice thing. We, we actually don't see him shoot anyone <laughs> and kill anyone. Um, Same as we don't see Simon really shoot anyone or kill anyone either Yeah, Um, yeah, Book makes
1: mention of this as well After, you know, Mao's been saved Spoiler alert um, (laughs) You know, they're talking and sort of checking on Simon Saying, you you okay with that? And he's like, oh, I've never really shot someone before And Book comes up with one of the most savage lines You were talking about River's great line This is probably my favourite line for the whole thing He just, you know, casually goes up and says Son, I was there I'm pretty sure you still haven't shot anyone
0: (laughs) Which is just brilliant Yeah
1: it's, I mean, it's book being book in a lot of ways. It's, you know, cruel but fun at the same time. Uh, we actually haven't addressed Inara at all. Like, you know, Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, she's in this a little bit and it's kind of a little subplot. It's not that important to the main story, but we basically see her bringing on a counselor and, you know, doesn't really want the, uh, the rest of the crew looking over. No, they, re-
0: they want a, a level of privacy, um, which yeah. is also why they're coming onto the ship as well. Um, because normally Inara's uh, companion. Range are on are on the planet. She mm. leaves the ship in her little shuttle, and yeah, this time the the chancellor, the councillor, sorry, Council, yeah. the councillor um, wants some privacy, but also from the crew. So uh, everyone's told to kind of hide while uh, Mal and Anara uh, kind of meet her. Um, Mal, because he's the captain of the ship, he's like, mm. no one enters this ship without me meeting them. Yeah. So he kind of gets a bit of a, a pass on that one
1: And so this snooty guy kind of comes on And everyone's looking Yeah, okay, that's who she yeah, dealing he, he with. He is And yeah. Mao tries to talk to him And he, you know, completely blows him off It's kind of, like, oh. it's kind of weird And then we find out he's just really, like, a, you know The bodyguard curious. Yeah, and on comes this beautiful young lady um, catching Jane's attention completely, and then has to go off into his bunk as he says. And Caleb's yeah. kind of, like, oh, I know he shoots, she serves, you know, female clients, but they look so glamorous so together. Glamorous. Yeah, and it's just a fun little moment. It's establishing a little bit of like Anara's character, and I guess the role that these companions play as well. Um, it is really a, quite a minor subplot in the main story of this because it is you know, quite a serious arc about you know war stories, literally. Yeah. Um, but it is a fun little thing and it is worth mentioning. Mal gets saved, everyone's kind of happy. Uh, Niska's future isn't really addressed too much. Obviously they were sort of leaving it open if they wanted to bring him back in a season two or a season three or season mm-hmm. seven kind of thing. Um, but overall this is a very fun episode Fun's not Fun, fun with. episode. It's a very good episode. People blowing like half of their body blown off with apples
0: with grenades in them. Torture and cutting off people's ears. I've this already, has been fun.
1: I've already mentioned I'm quite the sadist in yeah. this uh, podcast. Um, but yeah, you know, it's again probably on the second tier of the Firefly episodes for me. Um, not quite at the level of say an Ariel or uh, our Mrs Reynolds, but definitely still a very strong episode brilliant character building across the board it's an important episode when you're looking at the establishing of the characters and yeah, the fact that it brings in a recurring character which is something that Firefly doesn't get to do that often it was really just her and Saffron him and Saffron Um, Saffron will be covering in the next episode of the one up culture cast and the next Firefly episode incidentally um, but we don't get too many of these recurring characters, so it is nice to see the world sort of coming back around on its axis in a lot of ways.
0: It is, yeah, it is nice.
1: Did you that. have anything else you wanted to add on this episode? Uh, no,
0: I think that was pretty much it.
1: So, in order to keep up to date with everything that's happening with 1UP Culture, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Culture, and keep up to date on our WordPress. Uh, new articles every Monday, new podcasts every Thursday. Um, I've been Trent. Uh, I have been Jareth, and, and still, still will, will be. be. Um, Thank you very much and that is game over.